Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. And good morning, good Saturday, good weather. It's a good time to take care of our homes, and let's get going. 314-436-7900 puts us together on the phones. Two full hours today. Scott Mosby at the helm. Uh, had uh, great travels. Uh, thank you again to Rich Orris, who stepped in and uh, covers uh, with a good level of knowledge. Rich has been around for a very long time, and I'm grateful for his experience and knowledge. When I'm away, he basically has all the same training and experience and uh, track record that I do. So uh, we kind of, I, I guess we're a uh, cooperative students we both will answer the questions in similar ways and uh, keep you out of trouble for the most part Uh, my name is scott mosby i own mosby building arts so mosby building arts has been around since 1947 uh, and i've been on this radio show uh, really since i think 1995 really might have been a little before that just a bit after Mike Miller joined the KMOX family, as well as you and I being together each Saturday on this stoic, heroic, and historic radio station, KMOX. And we have two full hours, your opportunity, phone lines open, any topic around the home, um, anything related to buildings, and what's around it. Um, primarily this time of year, with the springtime, we've had a pretty wet springtime and an interesting uh, semi-warm winter, uh, warmer than most, let's say. And the weather is turning, my gosh, the red buds, the dogwoods, everything in full bloom, uh, as well as those with allergies in full bloom. And we can talk about that and more because uh, filtration of air, how indoor air quality, your furnace, your windows, screens, all that relates to the health of the home. I'm going to advocate along that line, despite the pollen in the air and the blooming of everything beautiful in St. Louis, uh, open up your home. Uh, open the windows, get leave the screens on, the bugs are out and about for sure, uh, but change the air in your home if you haven't already. Again, when we close up a house, building materials are for the most part man-made products. Man-made products are chemical-based, um, n- not bad, not good, they just are, and they off-gas. So where you and I perspire, and uh, there are residuals of that. Uh, we have skin that falls off as, as we uh, create new. Uh, those things wind up in the house. So a good thorough house cleaning and changing the air. Just like you and I exhale, with that goes a lot of things. So a particle board, building materials, glues, carpet materials, things like that, that even if your house is, you know, 100 years old, the building materials, carpeting, flooring, finishes, new coat of paint, a new piece of furniture, a ream of paper, all that stuff brings something into your home and, what you know, and smells. Uh, you know, the technical term is off gases. So as uh, concrete cures, for example, uh, it off-gasses and gives away moisture. It also gives away heat. Well, you know, when you've got some new carpeting or a new piece of furniture, that fabric was made somewhere. Uh, And as well uh, for uh, handmade things all over the world, each of those things, though you might have bought it from a... um, uh, somebody uh, on a different continent that handmade that, those materials 
have off-gassing and uh, uh, materials that really changing the air in your home really benefits. So my point being is uh, just where you and I inhale and exhale, let your house change the air. Uh, If you have gas appliances, even the pilot light or gas operation, there's a tiny, tiny, tiny little bit of uh, of, uh, uh, carbon monoxide, ever so small. And please, this is not uh, a, a scary thing. That's just part of the life. Uh, so anyway, open the air, open the windows, open uh, doors and screens. I mean, gosh, it's just nice time anyway. The perfect weather today for that in the 60s. So anyway, that's a big deal. Uh, take a walk about around your house. The pollen will rest on the cars, on the tabletops, patios, driveways, sidewalks, everything else of pavement, as well as on your yard and your grass, whether you can see it or not. Uh, questions and answers and topics, things you want to share, question, or uh, answer for another listener. We are all in this together. We are connected by phone lines 314-436-7900, 436-7900. And I am at your service here. Two full hours, 1 o'clock, uh, your retirement professionals here after this show, and then 2 o'clock, the business of family business right here on KMOX. Let's get right to the phone lines and an early caller and see what's happening with my buddy Jim. Jim, good morning. Welcome to KMOX, my friend. How may I good help morning, you this morning, Mr. Morning? Mosby. Yeah. I want to install a grab bar in my shower. Okay. And the shower stall goes from the floor to the ceiling, measured about approximately a half inch thick. And the shower is 46 inches wide, and from the one corner to the soap dish is 19 inches. The studs should be on 16-inch centers. I'm using a stud finder to try to find a stud so I can drill the holes through the shower stall into the stud in order to put this uh, grab bar up. How yes. do I find the stud? I'm not getting a good reading. Uh, what's on the other side of the wall? On the other side of the wall is a walk-in closet, and I've looked at that, and the only way I'd have to try to drill is drill completely through the 2 by 4 into the shower stall. And if I don't drill straight and if I miss it, then i got a problem. Well, here's the issue that you face. Sometimes around shower stalls, uh, we run water pipes in unusual places. So uh, especially on the valve side and the shower head side of a shower, man, you can't count on anything because we'll oftentimes open those, you know, two by fours up to 20 or 20, whatever it takes to fit all that hardware in there. Um, But I would, here's how I would go about it. I still would go into that closet and I'd start knocking down the wall, you know, just knock, 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 looking for the hollow and the solid. So do it with your ear first. Your stud finder should be pretty reliable on that. Is that the wall you're trying to uh, install the grab bar on? Yes, but see the water pipes and everything as you step into the shower on the right-hand side. So I should be clear of any water lines. And I've tried knocking on the shower stall, and I really can't tell no difference. Right, right. nor can I. That's my point is go to the 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 drywall side or the plaster side because with that much solid surface on a shower, even with just a simple fiberglass surface, it's – very difficult, professional or otherwise, to locate those studs. The place to do it is knock on the backside, and even 
even uh, you know right above the baseboard in the closet. Once you know where that two by four is, or you think, uh, I usually take just a small finished nail, you know, maybe a six penny or you know some small round, you know, with a nail. It could be it might be an eight penny nail with a head, and I just bump it through the drywall. And half inch later, if I you know go through the drywall, all right, maybe I missed it, and I move to the left half an inch or to the right half an inch. And once I identify one of those, if I'll mark that right above the baseboard because you can caulk it, touch up, paint all that. Even if you don't mess with it, it, most people can't see it. Move to the 16-inch left or right after you find the first one. Figure that out and then start extrapolating that or get you know go around the corner. It's like, okay, now where am I measuring this from? But at least you kind of know where stuff is. You can really, with very little consequence, drive that nail right above the baseboard um, you know, on a four foot span to the point that, okay, I've got one here in the corner. I'm 15 and a half out here. I'm 16 here. And, you know, so anyway, that's my point is you can find where it is in the wall. Then the tough part is, do I have a common wall to measure from, you know, because your half inch drywall or, or green board or cement board in the shower, then your, say your half inch surface might be a cultured marble surface or something. You know, you have to measure that out. Uh, And so that's one. The next one is for about $30 or $35 a piece, like 60 bucks for a set. Uh, I think Delta has a grab bar anchor that um, doesn't need and or actually basically needs to miss the studs. Uh, What it does is it slides a big, you you drill a hole about a half inch and you slide this thing in. And it's like a molly bolt, if you know what that is, and it flares out on the other side of the wall. And those things carry about 250 pounds per anchor. So you can get a 500-pound anchor in there, and, you know, most of the professional grab bar installer guys carry those because, you know, even if you can find the studs, you know, sometimes you get in there and it's like, nope, it's just not there. (laughs) Yeah, the question I have, though, I I have a thought of that about – I know what you mean. They collapse and you push them through the wall and they open up on the other side. Yeah. How is that, though? I mean, you say, is that good and stable as far as, uh, I don't weigh no 200 pounds, even my wife. Yeah. But we needed this for something to kind of steady ourselves when we step into the shower stall. And you think that is a way to go instead of try to find a stud? Uh, I would, I'm still with you stud first, but if you miss and it's like a professional baseball player at the plate trying to hit a ball, you know, even the best ones are only one out of three, you know? So my point being that you doing all your homework, finding the studs, turning around, you you drill that hole and lo and behold, it's not there. You know, now you have a hole in the finish. All right, I guess I'm going with, so I, I typically, when I go and hang and grab bars, I'll take a couple of these anchors with me. Um, and if I hit the stud, glory be, hallelujah to me, you know, I screw it in the way I want. And sometimes, the, you know, the studs are 16 inches and your grab bar's 20 inches. <laughs> Best shot, you're going to get one stud anyway. Yeah, see, so, I, I've got one. It's, it's a Moen brand that has, so I put it up vertically because it's got... yeah. Yeah, well, you know, two holes at the top and two holes at the bottom. As far as uh, yeah, just putting in the same stud. But I'll yeah. go back to the hardware store and see if they got anything like that with the, with I'm gonna call it the wing bolt or whatever it is yeah. you put through the wall and it opens it up. So yeah. you think that's substantial as far as just for studying the person of a case a person would slip to grab a hold of it. 
Yeah, when you're doing a vertical bar like that, even pulling up from a seated position on that, a 200-pound person is pulling 40 to 60 pounds. You know, a horizontal bar where you might be lifting your full body weight, you know, then even if you're 200 pounds and you're coming straight up on a horizontal bar, that divide each end is only lifting 100 pounds. So you're pretty good. Just make sure you get the ones made for shout for grab bars, you know, because a simple molly and some of those other anchors, they just aren't, they don't have enough uh, pounds rating to trust it, you know, and, and it, it's objectionable. I mean, you know, buying a set of these things is 45 or $60. So I don't unpack them. I go in and if I hit the studs, they go back to the store. Yeah. Okay. Hey, sir, you've been very helpful to me through the years and I thank you for your service. God bless Good you. question. Thanks, Jim. A lot of us are kind of there at that place. So, uh, have at it. Good luck, brother. Hey, thank you. <laughs> okay, bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Uh, and I'll get into this a little bit on grab bars, uh, who they're for, how to put them in. I, Jim brings up a really good topic that he's dealing with. And it's, you know, an ounce of prevention beats a pound of cure. When you hit the ground and you don't bounce anymore and you break something, you're in the big leagues fast. And, you know, a little grab bar right at the right place. I don't know, you know, gosh, I get soap in my eyes. I get a little vertigo. I'm, 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 I don't know which way's up or, you know, I'm grabbing anything. So, and when it's not there, I hit the deck like you. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. Scott Mosby at your service. We'll be right back for more after this. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. And back together, Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, 50,000 watts of KMOX. In uh, Charlie Brennan's words, blowtorch watts of broadcasting here. Uh, 314-436-7900 puts us together by phone. Uh, you happen to be, uh, you are the star of the show. You're the central. Uh, this is what this is about. This is for you, by you, with you. Uh, via Camo X, it's my job to kind of put together all the best ideas and uh, maybe uh, noodle through it on some that may uh, have area and room for improvement. 314-436-7900. Scott Mosby, happily at your service here on Camo X. Uh, next up, uh, I have a patient, Gail, waiting. Gail, good morning. Welcome. Happy Saturday. How can I help you today? Morning, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, you yeah. know, I called maybe a little over a month ago about my flat roof project. I'm still yes. working on that. And when they did the roof inspection, they mentioned that something about tuck pointing. Yeah. So it turns out that I need some tuck pointing, like uh, the parapet wall on the yeah. front facing part of my house. Yep. I guess against the roof. So my question is, after I get my house tuck pointed, and I hit them do a full house inspection, so I'm going to get it all done, everything they recommended. How nice. soon after they finish the tuck pointing can I proceed with getting a new roof installed? This is a flat roof, and I'm yeah. still trying to decide on EPDM or TPO. <laughs> well, uh, both of those are winners, so it's kind of like, gee, do I want a Cadillac or a Mercedes? So, you know, there's no bad question there. So on, on that part, which one is better against hail? That's my sticking point right now with all these hail storms we've been getting. Well, the rubber uh, is, uh, you know, the black rubber is a big truck tire inner tube. It can be cut. Uh, it is more susceptible. The TPO is a reinforced 
it's 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 a stronger product that's why it's more costly uh you can get it in a lighter color so it can reflect and reject some of that heat uh the tpo is the better product period you know but but it's priced the same way you know you're you're but uh there's no when you're getting a membrane like that um you're, you're still in the performance level of roofing uh for me uh, I, I put on the TPO. We have a flat roof on the uh, on Mosby's business on our de- on our building there, and it was you know it's like well, it, so you're paying you know thousands of dollars for this labor and this service. Uh, the better product that you buy, you're paying more, but that product's going to last longer. So you know you know if you get another five years, so you say t- okay, I spent more. My cost per year is that you know so you just get. Uh, you spread the cost of that labor out maybe over 22 years instead of 16 years. You, you see where I'm going with that? Right, right. And that's what we had it proposed out using the TPO, but then we started getting the hailstorms, and I started reading. Yeah. They're proposing a half-inch insulation, but no cover board. Yeah. Well, well cover board, it depends. Uh, that, if you had an inspection like that, you're doing okay. The the cover board or the decking underneath it, that means they're expecting to find a pretty good condition when they remove the old roof. Okay. You know, and be, be prepared. Um, once they remove that old roof, you may be in for three or $4,000 of more, you know, cover board, more deck base, because that exactly. stuff is like... Um, uh, it's like Legos, you know, but they're sloped. So there's this one that's an inch thick, and then the one next to it's seven eighths of an inch, and this one's three quarter. You know, so it's a it's a big deal um, to replace that deck, and that's the insulation on your attic there too. Okay, well, it's not an attic; it's just a two story house. Right, flat. Yeah, but I mean, you've got you've got a two footer, sixteen, whatever your flat roof between the outside roof and your second floor ceiling. You know, that's that. There's not much room for insulation, and you can't get in there and insulate it. So commonly, when you do a flat roof, that's your opportunity to add insulation, and it's done with that decking board instead of an inch thick. You can buy it for three inches thick. That's made out of an insulative material. So your your roofing project is also your attic insulation opportunity. Oh, okay. You find find an, I mean, so, I mean, you can. You, you, most people see it as well. I'm just get, getting upsold. It's like, well, you know, it's also you're buying 20 years of insulation at a more efficient uh, heat loss, heat gain rate. You know, so I like the way you're going about this. Frankly, uh, the direct answer to your tuck pointing is immediately after you do the tuck pointing, you can roof this thing because if they wrap their roofing material up the side of that inside parapet wall. That mm-hmm. slows down the curing of that uh, uh, tuck point, and the slower it cures, the harder it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no loss there, you know. And and they they know just that they're saying the parapet. I just like the way these guys are thinking, frankly. Okay, so it's not like when I got my concrete steps, I had to wait the thirty days to seal those. It's different with the tuck pointing and the roofing. Yeah, yeah. And when it's that green, you know, they're going to drill it and and they they can tell, you know, generally these guys know when they're on top of green mortar and when they're not. Okay. Okay. All right, Scott. Well, thanks again. You you you're always a lifesaver. Gives to me more insight. I appreciate it. Well, Gail, I think you're going about this the right way and, you know, like you're you're 
you're tackling all the things that connect and interrelate. And, you know, if nothing else, you've got a single source of responsibility with your contractor. It's like it's you. Well, no, I actually had to get my roofing contractor doesn't do tuck pointing. Okay. And that was just mentioned in passing when a person did roofing inspection. So yeah, I actually yeah. had to go out to BBB and find another local contractor to do the tuck pointing. But yeah, well, good. I pretty thorough. I, man, They've I been around the way St. Louis for a long time. Yeah, well, I like the way you're going about this. I think, I, I, I think you're gonna get her done right. You know, I just I like Even what they're telling you. And saying a lot of prayers, Scott. <laughs> yeah, well, there's still a leap of faith in there for sure, Gail. You know, I mean, you you think it's going, and you know, Gal, you know, sometimes it doesn't. So, but right. that's the state of the world we're in too. Yes. All right. Thanks again. All right, Gail. God bless. See ya. Bye. And there we go. I and just um, uh, the process. Um, it's kind of like third grade. You know, I'm taking my math test, one plus 17 or two times, whatever it is. And the teacher's like, okay, you have all the right answers. Show me your math. How did you get there? Well, a good process of, you know, I want my roof removed and replaced. And, you know, if I cover up this other bad tuck pointing, you know, then you have another leak and the roofer can't warranty it. You know, if if they're connecting their new roof to a bad wall or a bad peripheral something. So I just like the way Gail's going about um, asking for help, interpreting herself, uh, checking it out through other sources, uh, seeing what her options are, uh, learning the lingo, you know, calling me like, you know, TPO, tell me, you know, the EPDM, all that. And that EPDM is a... It's just like an old tire inner tube, but not for a bicycle, which is, you know, thin, or for a car, which is thicker. You know, it's like a truck tire inner tube. We don't even use those anymore, but it's really thick rubber, and it is pretty resistant. And hail, the only thing that really cuts those two roofs uh, is a um, either a serviceman being up there with tools uh, or an impact of a dropping tree limb that comes down like a spear and penetrates those. You know, now when they get to the the last quarter, last third of their life, they get brittle, uh, so they can be penetrated, pierced, and cut later. You know, just like our older skin is just not the same. It's not resistant, you know, to wear and tear as when we're in our 10s and 20s or teens and 20s. Uh, anyway, Scott Mosby here, Home Improvement. Let's see what's else happening here. Let's talk to my buddy Linda. Hey Linda, good morning. How can we help you here on KMOX? Oh, Linda, are you there? Uh oh, did I lose you? Hi. Yeah, Linda, you're, yeah, you're on. Thank you. Hi, thank you. Hi, Scott. Um, my elderly parents live in a house that's uh, over 100 years old. Their bathroom, full bath, they have one full bath on the second floor. They have no full bath on the main floor. Yeah. We've reached a point now where we need a full bath, a handicap bath, on the main mm. floor for them in order yeah. for them to stay in their house. Uh, yes. Where we had a plumber maybe 20 years ago come in and say we could uh, add a full bath, connect it to the uh, pipes from the upstairs bathroom. That would be the easiest and cheapest way to do it would be, he didn't give us any quotes, he just said the cheapest way would be to connect to the existing plumbing upstairs. That yeah. puts the bathroom in the dining room. 
And yeah. that's something, my mother is very upset about this. She doesn't want it to happen. She wants yeah. to have the bathroom in her bedroom, which is all, is all she, they do have a, ba- a bedroom on the main floor. However, there is no plumbing in the yeah. bedroom. So okay. can you, uh, what I'm basically asking you is, if we put a full handicapped bath in mm-hmm. their bedroom, and they're um, they're 25. My dad says they're 25 feet from the sewer line. If we were to add a bath, can you give yeah. me an idea of how much that's going to cost, or is it going to? Can you just tell me is it going to be double because there's no plumbing over there? No, actually, you're asking the right question, but the magnitude of the answer, uh, having a bathroom remodel, you know, adding a bathroom into a house on a floor where there isn't one, uh, you know, the electrical, the door, the drywall, the floor, all that other stuff is going to cost X amount. Um, If it's right next to the plumbing, then you add $1,000 to connect to the plumbing. If it's 25 feet away, you add $3,000 because you're that far. You know, it's it's not a deal breaker. It's the cost of all the other stuff for adding a new bathroom that's substantial. So it's not the last 3,000 that hurts. You know, it's the first 30. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, because you're still doing fixtures. You're doing, you know, accessible fixtures. The vent has to then go up through the second floor somewhere, you know. So it, it's usually not inexpensive, and, and I'm, it's going to be 30000 plus. That was kind of where I was thinking. I thought twenty, thirty thousand or more. Yeah, um, well, it could be more depending upon the house and such. But the point being is, you know, this is not a this is not like adding a washer and dryer. You know, this is this is, you know, all all the electric has to be grounded. It's a hundred year old house. Yada yada yada. Vent goes through the roof. Oh my gosh, it doesn't line up with any walls upstairs. So you're ripping up second second floor walls to open up so you get a pipe out through the roof. Or you know it 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 goes it just a it's a pricey endeavor and and that's why I like to talk about accessibility ahead of time so I mean you've already checked this out good you know kudos for you do not put it in the dining room uh, you'll you will detract from the value of that house putting it in the in the master bedroom uh, uh, or somewhere on where it where it you know, where people would expect it to be you know you're going to get you know, close to dollar for dollar on an accessible bathroom like that. Yes, sir. So your return on investment is congruent with what a new buyer would expect, you know, but if you're going to blow away a good dining room and spend a bunch of money to do it, you know, the next buyer is going to just tear it out. Yes, sir. Okay. um, We are in a whole new territory right now. (laughs) Yeah, I know what you mean. And you're welcome to call my company. If nothing else, we'll tell you where and how and and how much, and you you get a good read. That's, you know, that's kind of how we train our guys. It's like they have to figure out how to connect this with the electric. You know, you may need a new electric panel, and there's all kinds of peripheral problems that go along with these old houses that, you know, the the bathroom may be X, but the peripheral stuff, you know, to get rid of like a new panel and, you know, things that don't meet building code, the next building permit you pull, now the house has to come up to code. So there's all kinds of fun things that you do. (laughs) I've been listening to you for over 40 years, but would you tell me your number, please? Uh, 314-909-1800. you think I'd yeah. have it memorized like I have KMOX memorized. Thank <laughs> well, you, we're, we're not as big as KMOX, so anyway. 
All right. Well, thanks. Good luck, and I and kudos to you. Um, and frankly, as you go through this, Linda, keep an ear for you and your husband. We're all going there. So you know whether it's that house or whatever, just the process of what does it take to get an accessible bathroom somewhere. You know, sooner or later, we're all going to deal with this. Yes, sir. It it's a, really an eye opener. Thank you. Yeah, it's a, what I call a come to Jesus moment. It's like whoa. <laughs> All right, take care, Linda. See ya. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Take a short pause. Come right back after this. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Uh, we are live and lively in Mike Miller's words. Uh, and we Hey, guys, are, Glover uh, here, and I see clearly things to doctors. On KMOX. Anyway, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. Puts us together, and we've got lots of things to talk about. Stay tuned, 1 o'clock right after the show, your retirement professionals, 2 o'clock, the business of family business. Right now, let's get up and talk to my buddy Donna. Donna, good morning. Welcome to Cam Wex on this beautiful day. How can I help? Yeah, hi. hi. I live in a residential home, and I was interested in finding about a ceiling in my basement. Our square footage is one thousand two hundred ten. Uh-huh. About, um, and this basement is unfinished. But I'm looking to put a ceiling in to have less sound down there. Yeah, um, and I didn't know if a drop ceiling would be the best or what and if you could give me an estimate i know you probably have to see the house but um of what kind of price i'm looking at uh drop ceiling will be will be your least expensive method because it just hangs on the floor joists above uh it can drop it can move up and down um the the issue that you face believe it or not uh, is the building code. There are many basements, by putting a ceiling there, um, it uh, it diminishes the headspace. You have to have a minimum of six foot eight, and in most cases, six foot ten inches uh, between the floor and your ceiling. So many times we go into basements and we can't legally put a finished basement, finished bathroom, finished whatever in there because the basement's too short. Uh, That being said, putting sections of drop ceilings, you're not really enclosing the ceiling. You you are, but not. So my point being that putting uh, drop ceilings in uh, are your most affordable. You can lift the panels out and get to the shutoffs and all the other stuff. Um, It, and it, it's, commonly referred to commercially as an acoustical ceiling because those panels are sound deadening. Uh, If that's what you're after without putting in a uh, drop ceiling, uh, you can insulate with a fiberglass, you know, with a a craft face back fiberglass, not just fiberglass, you know, fibers, but you can insulate that and that muffles or what's called attenuate, so that, you know, you still hear the sound, but you, you can hear people talking, you just can't hear what they're saying anymore, little things like that. So that and throwing carpet on the floor uh, will do the same thing. So where you're focusing only on the ceiling, you know, that the, the quick thing you can do virtually with no building code consequence is insulate that ceiling. 
Now, technically, you're supposed to cover that insulation. So if you're putting a suspended ceiling up there, uh, that is going to be more costly than your insulation. Insulation you can actually put in yourself if you want. Um, but, you know, so anyway, the point being, and I think acoustical ceilings, uh, the problem is you're a small job. So I can't give you the cost for 1,210 square feet because they, you know, it's, they can't go to work somewhere else. So you're going to buy a person or a crew for a day to put in that small uh, ceiling. You follow where I'm going with this here? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, the point being is insulating your is your first step. Uh, frankly, uh, rolling a piece of carpet on the floor is your second step. Um, and the third step would be uh, putting in that uh, suspension ceiling in terms of how you will soften the uh, echoes and sound. Uh, am I on the right track here with you? Yeah, um, I just have a four-year-old and a one-year-old that likes to run on the top floor. And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I have news for you. I, I can't fix that, and neither will your suspended ceiling. <laughs> because then they're going to be six years old, and then they're going to be seven years old, and they are not going to slow down. <laughs> they just get bigger. Yeah, see, um... Yeah, you see where I'm going? And is yeah. this down in a basement? you mentioned yes yeah um frankly what is the finished floor on the first floor where they're running what is that material Uh, carpet yeah well that's pretty good um you know that's pretty good but that impact is basically a hammer pounding they're just little feet um but golly they haven't yet learned to you know tread softly you know it's just uh moving heels down on the boom 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 and what then happens even at their tiny weight now and wait a few years you're actually flexing the entire floor uh so i would propose that you might be four thousand six thousand ten thousand dollars down the line only to learn that it made it a little better but it didn't really address what i'm trying you know you, you didn't get there Okay, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's, uh, you know, gosh, we have the same question, you know, with dogs. You, you know, well, golly, they're much lighter afoot, and they mature faster because of short lifespan. But, you know, kids, boy, howdy, man, they just, they, they're kids, you know. And, <laughs> yeah, I, I would save my money. Um, and if I was going to do anything at all, I might uh, pull up that carpet on the first floor and buy a really high-tech, uh, different uh, carpet pad behind it. Um, that's your best sound. Uh, putting the sound softener on the side that originates the sound is the best place to soften or attenu- attenuate. means, you know what a sine wave is, where it goes up and down and up and down? Yeah. Attenuate means you just cut off the highs, you know, the little loops on the top and the loops on the bottom, and you muffle it, so you you squeeze that sine wave together. But you're still getting sound. You just can't, you know, it's not as much. Well, you know, cut 20% off the sound of those little banging feet, you're still noisy. Right. <laughs> so the best bet would be to just um, up to our carpet up top Yeah. and put a thicker padding in. Yeah, that I would do that before I would spend, because that's pretty affordable. You know, I mean, that's, you know, you're going to buy... 
carpet pad that might be, you know, two times as expensive or three times as expensive, but it's still less, much less cost than that suspended ceiling. And those suspended ceilings do um, muffle a little bit. Man, I just, you know, you're just shaking a lot of building materials in between those kids in the lower level in the basement. It's not, it just doesn't get you there. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, uh, th- your best return on investment is teach them how to run on their toes. That, that'll that cut 50% of the sound off. Okay. <laughs> and I mean that. That's the truth. <laughs> okay. Take care. All right. And there we go. Thanks. Good question, Donna. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. We'll be right back. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right. Today's good. Getting better. Sunshine coming a little bit more so in the afternoon here. Let's go to the phone lines and talk to my buddy Barbara. Barbara, Scott Mosby. Good morning. How can I help? Well, I spoke with you a couple weeks ago regarding putting the uh, vinegar in the toilet bowl, and you mentioned something about a pumice stone that I didn't pick up on until after we hung up. If somebody's been in there with the pumice stone, uh, this is an older home, so I don't know if they have or not. Uh, Is it going to hurt if I use the vinegar, or should I not? Nope, nope. Vinegar is your best bet. I mean, the even if it does, even if somebody's ground the porcelain off, mm-hmm. uh, vinegar will improve the performance of that toilet um, better than anything else and, until you replace the toilet. Well, you know, it's not worth that. We're just talking about, you know, slower swirling water. So yeah. vinegar's the ticket. Well, and I I'm just not didn't... in... Yeah, I'm not in favor of the pumice stone. I I know several uh, listeners had had good success with that. But, you know, pumice stone is sandpaper and Mm -hmm. porcelain is glass. I, I, you know, if I can get this fixed, you know, with a little bit of household vinegar, you know, I'm going there. But I'm going to try that two or three times before I pull out a pumice stone and start grinding on this thing. Well, with this being an older home, I didn't know if somebody had already, you know, been in there with the yeah. pumice stone. And I didn't want to put the vinegar in there if it was going to damage the uh, the bowl itself. So it's okay, even if they have, to use yeah. the vinegar. Yes, ma'am. Yes, oh, ma'am. very fine. Thank you very much <laughs> for your help. Yep, less is more on vinegar. There you go. <laughs> Thank All right, you. Barb. Bye now. Uh, let's see what's cooking with my buddy Lee. Hey, Lee, Scott Mosby, I've only got a minute. How can I help, sir? It's a um, she. And okay, we, yeah, Lee. With the cell damage, we had some um, to our vinyl siding. We're looking into different kinds of siding that we need to get. What is uh-huh. your opinion on the LP siding, hardy board, and vinyl? This mainly uh, and no painting. Uh, I like them all, frankly. Um, I, I, the cement board has a little bit more on a freeze-thaw problem. Um, it, I really like the LP siding. Uh, we've put that stuff in water, you know, in a bucket for weeks. It doesn't swell up, you know. So, I mean, uh, we, we love the LP smart siding. Uh, and vinyl siding, you just have to get really good stuff that's thicker uh, and, and all of that. But vinyl does get brittle, so 20, 30 years later, uh, your cement board is going to still be pretty solid. Your LP is going to be solid, and vinyl gets brittle. So that's kind of the ticket. You know, anything solid is better. Uh, in the, and of all of those, I like LP1, I like cement board 2, and I like uh, vinyl 3 for um, um, uh, hail. On yep. LP, you got to paint like after three or five years. Is that true? Yeah. Yes, it is. That's it does come pre-painted, but, you know, it, it doesn't it's a painted surface. So that's a good point. Uh, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, back for more hour two.